Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. As usual, I have a special treat for you folks today. So you guys listened a couple weeks ago. I was down in Puerto Rico. I was down there with a buddy of mine. We've been friends here over about the last year or so, kind of uh, developing a, a new relationship that's turned into a bit of a business model. Now, those of you who listened to my show for a long time since we started know that I got a lot of things going on. And one of the things I lacked is sometimes I'm not as productive as I want to be. That's been a challenge. So today I've got a special treat for you guys. Guy, my guest today is a former engineer, and now he is a productivity productivity strategist. Now, I got to say, he markets himself as a productivity guru, and those of you know, listen to my show, that I don't like that word guru. That's a dirty word, but when it comes to Nick Snap, it's actually a good word. He actually takes the negativity out of the guru thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Snap. Tyler, thanks for having me, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming in. Folks, you know, I, I got to tell you, I that trip down to Puerto Rico was life-changing. You guys heard the episode. I'm sure all of you heard that episode. It was really a game-changer as far as I was concerned. But one of, the, one of the reasons it was a game-changer is, Nick, the time I spent talking to you and learning from you as far as increasing my productivity. Now, we all know I've been productive, but there was a lot of room for improvement. So I want to start with that. What, you know, you know that we are, what we're doing here is we're teaching people how to invest in real estate, right? How to escape the rat race, how to get that passive income working for them instead of them going out, punching a clock, working for it. Now, listeners, the reason why I brought Nick on the show today is he's going to cover a couple topics and he wants to, there's a couple things that he'd like to talk about. I'm going to turn the show over to Nick and Nick, how do you want to go ahead and start? Wow. Okay. Hey. Host of the cash flow guys, let's do it. There you go, uh, throwing you on the throwing you on the fire. Gotta gotta love it. I can do that. Well, I am a guru, so <laughs> there you well, go. That was for me. That you know that word just to touch on that was probably the most productive use of my title. If you if you want to take it that way, because it stands out, right? Right. People run from that word. You run from that word. I do. For me, I was like, you know, I'm, there's no fear here. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna call myself the guru. That's and awesome. People are going to notice that, and they have. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's all about finding those little hacks, those ways into in getting into people's consciousness. That's, yeah, and that's just that. And finding hacks, that's, you know, I know you have an engineering background, and that's really where, where you come from is finding those, those hacks, and then you develop that into an entire business. It is, man. And I was a capital project management so, manager, excuse me, and I used to manage $100 million projects in the phosphate industry up to $100 million projects. And I learned that skill of bringing a team together, rallying around the common good of the company and the cause. And why is this a good project? And how do we take this big, crazy, amorphous idea that you have and make it 
tangible and real and get it built. So I was really good at moving those projects along using process. And then I started diving in, Tyler, to the process improvement realm of engineering where, okay, you have a factory and the numbers are down. Where's those bottlenecks? How do you really laser in and figure out what's going on with those different bottlenecks and improve them using like Lean Six Sigma methodology and that kind of thing? And when I actually started my business, I was going to do just that. I was going to go to different factories and do those analysis and help help them get their numbers up. But I realized really quickly after I got work, really quick after my my leap into entrepreneurship, I got quick work like three days after I started. I was like, man, I can't be away from my family for four weeks at a time. It's just, this is not what I signed up for. So I had the idea at that time when I realized that this isn't going to be a sustainable business model for me to take all that process improvement, project management experience I have and translate those to personal effectiveness. And that's where I got into productivity. And that was the closest fit that's to what pretty, I was doing. That's pretty powerful. I got to say. Yeah, you, thanks. Yeah, you're shifting from what could have been a, mil- a multi-million dollar opportunity for you and you've, and you've condensed it down to that which, well, I'll be honest, that's what, that which changes lives. Because for me and my business, what I've learned from you thus far has been that. It's been, it's been a game changer. So I appreciate that. So please continue. I appreciate that. And that's what happened for me. It's where all productivity should start. And I know you talk about this, Tyler, because we talked about it before, is you, you go to your why. You know, why am I doing all this? Why am I going out to L.A., enjoying this beautiful weather away from my family for four weeks? Is this really how I envisioned this thing going? And when the answer is no, you just keep asking why. And that's, that's a, a Six Sigma process right there, the five whys. You know, you have these, these problems and you start asking the people on the line, okay, well, your widget here is getting stuck on this particular line. Well, why is that? Well, it's like that because uh, it gets stuck and there's a lot of moisture in the, in the system. Well, why is there a lot of moisture? Well, there's a lot of moisture because we're in, I'm just, this is completely off the cuff. You sure, know? absolutely. A lot of moisture because there's a problem with the ventilation. Why is there a problem with the ventilation? And you just keep on drilling down until you get to that. You can't ask why anymore. And you can do that with your your personal your personal beliefs and, and the reasons why you're, you're doing things. So for me, it was, am I doing this entrepreneurship purely for the selfish reasons of, of personal gain, of freedom, autonomy, or do I want to make it bigger? Do I want to actually help people like you mentioned? Right. And when I started changing the focus from myself and what I wanted to how can I help people, then that's when all the doors started opening up for me and it was a big difference. So the first step to productivity, to doing anything productive, is knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Because if you don't and you just go down this path and you're like, no, I'm just doing this to make money, but when I'm done making the money, I'm going to go do this other thing. I'm going to go like volunteer at a boys and girls club or something. Then, you, then as a productivity coach, I start asking the question, like, why can't you do that now? Why do you need to build this five to 10 year business plan before you can actually go out and do something you're really passionate about, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it might be a little touchy feely for your audience or whatever, but yeah, going back to the why is huge, man. You got to start there. Well, you know, and and for a lot of people starting out investing, this is a terrifying thing to do. Number one, you know, it's one thing when you're trying to learn how to ride a bike, the worst you can do is fall down, skin your knees. But when you're getting ready to buy a piece of real estate, you're signing on to, in some cases, a 30 year commitment. Mm. Or the potential to have your credit ruined, public embarrassment, humiliation. It can go on and on and on. So the, the, the price of failure to some can be overwhelming. And I think that's a lot of what you're going to bring to the table here as, as we evolve. And I'm going to have you back for more episodes. 
to help people get through the number one, that, that fear and, and being laser focused on taking ownership of the time, what they're, what they're doing and when they're doing it. That's right. Because like yes. you said, is, and I know one of your programs, you have that uh, take Fridays off. I believe it is where whole idea is take Fridays off, pound the pavement hard Monday through Thursday to the point to where you take Fridays off, kind of like the four hour work week mentality. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. And that, that's for the, the overwhelmed entrepreneur. How do you go from just completely having a million different things on your plate and feeling like you have to do them all to narrowing down your focus to the one thing that's going to change everything for you? Yeah, that, uh, that one thing, that's, uh, that's a great book, I got to say. Oh, it's fantastic. It's changed my life. I'm Before, actually reading it for the second time now. I'm get, uh, I got Jay Papasan coming on the show here in a couple of weeks. So I'm, oh, man. I'm, Can I co-host that one with you? Yeah, exactly. I'm post it now. I, I might as well. I, I'm brushing up. Uh, so <laughs> I'm brushing up on that book because it's been a while. But absolutely right. Now, how do we, in the initial changes, this is obviously a big shift in focus when you're stepping from being somebody that's the average person. You don't have a productivity coach. You haven't taken any productivity training. Right. I know the Six Sigma, I've been through the Six Six Sigma program when I worked in a warehouse years ago. But to most people, that's that's a foreign language. So let's, let's brief on that a little bit. What is that transition like when you're going from, a, I'll call it a normal person, to how do you become a Nick Snap? Yeah, well, the first part of the way that I think about all this kind of stuff is is how do you take away all those stumbling blocks, those things that are going to get in your way from being productive, all those distractions. And for everybody listening, I mean, the biggest distraction that you can have as a real estate investor is, and, and this is just my opinion, Tyler, but if your family's not on board with what you're doing, if they don't believe in what you're doing, and they're going to be fighting you tooth and nail every time you come home to do your deal or make your calls, and they're not respecting the business you're trying to create and build, and they're not on board with what you're doing, they're going to be the biggest distraction ever. And I had to learn that the hard way. My wife wasn't on board with what I was doing for a long time, for many, many years. And it wasn't productive, Tyler. It wasn't at all. So I had to get her aligned with what I'm doing. And that was a process. It was a process of understanding her fears and, and all the different risks that go along with it so that we make sure that we're completely aligned as a family on, on what our goals are and what our mutual whys are. So you go back to the why, man. Like It's not just about you and your business if you have a family. It's about your family and what you're going to be doing together and how this aligns with it. So until you get alignment with the people that, that your situation affects the most – you're not going to be productive. So you got to start there. After you figure out why you're doing it, you got to start with getting your family on board because you're going to be fighting that endlessly. It's nonstop. That is solid advice. And I, and I, you know, I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I did not give him any inkling what we're going to talk about today. Really. I, we, I said, we were going to look at the 10,000 yard view of what you do as a productivity coach and mm -hmm. how it will affect the real estate investor. And Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. Did I give you any more information than that? Nope, that's it. You okay. said, yeah, how can you be productive with your uh, investing business? And I bet you, out of, and I've got a huge audience now. I've got one of the fastest growing podcasts in the country in the real estate space. And I can tell you that I, my, of that large audience, a large percentage of them are now shaking their head. Yes, they agree because I hear this a lot when I talk to people on the uh, Ask Tyler appointments where they call me and I walk them mm -hmm. through, kind of get them unstuck. This is what comes up a lot. My husband doesn't support me. My wife doesn't support me. My mom thinks I'm wasting my money. My dad, you know, on and on and on, insert family member here. They don't have that support system in place. So what? Do you, yeah. any tips on getting breaking through that barrier? I mean, the biggest tip, don't work with Tyler until you get that figured out. I mean, seriously, it's yeah. going to be a waste of your time, Tyler. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
the biggest tip that I've had for me is consistency with my wife. So I had the, the blessing of a brand new baby boy, our third one almost five months ago. And so she was on maternity leave and we hadn't been, we've talked about it. So it's easy to talk a good talk. And there's right. a lot of talkers out there, but when you actually start walking the walk, that's when it makes a big difference. We talked about getting together regularly and talking about, okay, I know you don't care about the business. I know you're, you know, you're kind of like just staying out of my way, but I'm telling your listeners, it's not about that. They can't just stay out of your way. They need to understand what's going on. So I was deliberate about taking, leveraging the fact that she's home on maternity leave for 16 months or weeks, excuse me. Uh, to get together weekly. So we get together for a weekly review and like this this is my goals for the upcoming week, for the month, for the quarter, for the year. This is what I got going on. This is what I want to accomplish. And we do a look ahead, a week look ahead, we do a week look back and we answer questions. We also couple that with a calendar review together. What do you have going on during evening hours, right? What do you have what kind of events do you have? Do we have a TVBO thing going on cuz you and I Tyler, both TVBO members, is our right. main event or a podcast association meeting. Let's go over that. What do you have for your? She works at um, one of the local universities here. And what do we all have going on? Because I tell you, the, the advantage of having her know what's going on with the business is awesome. But the, the coolest thing is that pulling each other's calendars out and looking at them and reviewing them for five minutes has eliminated like five or six arguments because every week without fail, there's something that's on our calendars that would have created an argument. So just eliminating uh, that okay, has been yeah. ridiculously productive, man. Like just having that review of what do you have going on? And then we start getting into more about the family stuff. Okay, Nick, you, me, she's asking me, she's like, Nick, I know you want to spend one-on-one time with our oldest, Carter. Right. Uh, what do you want to do with him? What's that? What do you want to do with him this weekend? It looks like every month we have one-on-one time with him. What, what are you going to do? And actually talking about what I'm going to do with him one-on-one or what I'm going to do as a family, getting all that stuff hashed out is eliminating the decision fatigue for when those times are actually coming up. So the alternative to that is that we could wake up on Saturday morning, get a notification. I got one-on-one time with Carter and trying to figure out what I'm going to do and do something lame, like take him back over to Chuck E. Cheese for that 20th time. Right, right. You know, so it takes away that decision fatigue and that goes not only with the home stuff, but with the work stuff, the more you can plan ahead the night before, I don't, I don't even recommend doing it the morning of being the first thing I recommend doing it the night before, because then you can just wake up and execute and you don't have to think about it. All that decision fatigue that might've occurred is gone. So the weekly reviews for me with my wife has been a game changer. And then for me personally, with my business, the daily reviews, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to function without it because I can't get up throughout the day and try to figure out what I'm going to work on. I got to be delivered with my time. So I have the plan and then I could be flexible. I have the mind, the mental capacity to be flexible when things come up. If I'm sitting there trying to figure it out along the way, I'm just going to waste the whole day. So let's, let me back up on one thing that you threw out that just blew me away is you're deliberate with your time. You're, you're deliberate. You get up in the morning and you have the plan of the day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you've got it sketched out. And I saw that we were down in Puerto Rico. You've got it sketched out exactly what's going to, what, what you what you're going to need to accomplish during that day to be productive, let's say, or successful or which have you, whatever we want to look at it. But right. you take the steps to do that. So by doing that, by having that outline, you can be hyper attentive to where you're slacking or, or where you need improvement. Oh, absolutely, man. And you, and you go so much deeper than just having that plan though. It, it goes, it goes into, okay, well you and I talk about the one thing all the time. Well, what is my one thing and what percentage of my time am I de- dedicating to that one thing? Gary, Gary Keller recommends four hours a day. So how can I look at my calendar and how can I actually figure out a way to get four hours in of my one thing? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid, right. <laughs> you know, like I'm, 
when it comes to working on the thing that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary for me, that's to me, that's motivation enough. Why would I want to work on anything else and just postpone that, that opportunity of my life being ridiculously easier? Well, yeah. So, and then, yeah. you know, going furthering that, like you talked about with you and your wife sitting down doing calendars, you mm-hmm. know, Jill and I, now that Jill and I do that with, with Google is a wonderful tool. It is. Now that we have the cash flow guys network through Google that we can see each other's calendar and I know exactly what's going on. And we do this. We, cause it, I used to joke. She would ask me, what are you doing tomorrow? She would ask me at eight <laughs> 30 at night while we're getting ready to the go to bed ritual. I don't want to be on my cell phone at eight 30 at night. So now that we both have access to each other's calendar, we schedule time. We block out some time to sit down and have that discussion. Just like what you're saying. And Oh my God, has it changed how, focused we are on what we're spending our time doing. Now I don't I find myself not putting things in my calendar, albeit not doing things that are not productive use of my time. Because I know, as Jill is also my accountability coach, mm. I know that it, it's I have to be accountable for my time. I can't spend I I try to save the world sometimes and give everybody free advice. And you know, I've had days where honestly, Nick, I've spent eight, ten hours on the phone giving people advice on how to make themselves money. And I don't charge anything for that. And then I get, my wife looks at me and goes, well, that's great. But how, how's that pay your truck payment? <laughs> that's right. Yes. It's... So it's kind of like you guys are holding each other mutually accountable. And like you said, with your son, you, you, you you're pre-planning what you're going to do. So you're focused on the outcome in advance. I think that's huge. It is. It's a game changer. And then when you, when you're getting in your calendar, you're trying to figure out what to do is a delicate balance there. And we talked about it recently on my show uh, with Mike Vardy and he's Mike Vardy's a huge proponent. He's another productivity guy uh, of theming your days. So he and I differ maybe a little bit, whereas I take the one thing and I just spread it across my entire week for four hours. And then my themes are the leftover time, which for me is I don't, I don't schedule more than two hours or excuse me, two hours on top of the four. So I don't schedule more than six hours of my day. So that's a tip for your listeners is that, if you're scheduling, and I try not to even schedule six, Tyler. I try to I try to stick around the four or five range um, if I don't have anything huge going on. But if you know if you don't have those buffers in your calendar and your schedule, then it's going to get frustrating because you're going to hyper schedule yourself and you're going to feel deflated when you don't get it done. Because if you have every single minute of your calendar booked, it's not reasonable. Well, something's going to come up. It's yeah, got to be that buffer. One hiccup, it, it crashes your whole empire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, then then you just well, then what I do? Then you get back into the decision fatigue realm. Is how am I going to recover from all this stuff? But if you have that buffer built in, then it makes a huge difference. So, yeah, my days uh, planned for for eight hours or nine hours, but I only really have five or six on there okay. that are actually work. And the out of the five or six that I have, it's blocks of time like that four hour block that I have for my one thing. And that's just the block. That's that's what I'm going to protect on my calendar is that block of time. Within that block of time, I use a task manager then to see, okay, what what's next with that one thing? Okay. You know, and then and then I know what the estimates are of, of how long those particular things take. So you look at my calendar, you'll see these massive blocks. But then if you drill in deeper past the calendar and go to the task manager, you can see what all that what all that's comprising of, of that particular day. That's how I look at it. So in the five to six hours, so you're out of an eight-hour day. Let's say you decide mm-hmm. you're going to work an eight-hour day. You've got five mm-hmm. to six hours blocked out or assigned for specific tasks or specific subject matters. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just keep it around like I'm going to paint the fence. So from, right. from 8 a.m. to noon, I'm going to paint the fence. And 
realistically, I know that I have to go to Home Depot. For that to happen, I have to go to Home Depot from 7 to 8. So I'm going to include that into that time, and then that is what's going to be. That's my one thing of that day, essentially, is what you're saying. Right, yeah. So it's um, it's a balance between knowing how long those particular tasks take. And I can get really deep into the weeds here and talk about tracking your time to get a, a good kind of baseline for how long tasks should take. It's one of the biggest problems that we all have. We all are very, very optimistic with how much we think we're going to get done in a given day. So until we really have a, a reasonable baseline for how long things will take by tracking your time for a few weeks, it, you're just kind of guessing. Uh, but yeah, so if I if I had a task like that, it would be I'd have a block of time for um, household or home projects. Right. And then with that home project block I have in my task manager, I'll have a few things that are in there that I, I know need to get done so I don't lose them. And these things, it's not, for me, the things that need to get done, Tyler, are not the nice to haves, not the, oh, I might someday get this done. No, it's things that actually do need to get done. Right. And, and I'll prioritize them as, as such. So the like housework, house project isn't, isn't my one thing. So that would be one of the smaller blocks and I'd go along the lines of theming. So I'll theme my day. So for housework stuff, that's Saturday for us. And, um, but during the week that wouldn't, that wouldn't be in my, my block of time. Uh, but yeah, in that task manager, which I use Todoist, I'll have a, an estimation of how long that would take and execute accordingly. So I'll put that on my calendar. And usually what I do is I, I take notes um, of as far as in this particular block, which which item do I want to get done? I'll put that the note the notes part of the block versus just titling it, you know, whatever it is. That way, if there's more than one thing I need to get done in that block, it's it's almost like it's more fluid that way. You know, I can I can give myself flexibility that. I don't have like this particular block of time for go to Home Depot, another block of time for paint the fence, another block of time for cleanup. You know, it's just, it's all in that block, complete job estimated to be about two and a half, three hours, put okay. that in there and I'll have maybe another hour left over for uh, sweeping up the driveway or pressure washing or something, just depending on what the situation is. So to recap, you're using, okay, and I'm glad you brought this up because I use Todoist also, um, you're using Todoist as the program, which listeners, that's I'll put this in the show notes, but it's T-O-D-O-I-S-T. It's an app available for both Android and uh, Apple. And Nick and I are both Apple fans. That's why we get along so well, because all that's of right. our toys are Apple. Because, you know, we're cool like that. We're not the Windows geeks, but that's a whole oh, other yeah. story. But uh, So you're using Todoist. Now, my limitation with Todoist, and this may be my ignorance, is that it it doesn't block time on my Google Calendar. I have to go do double entry. Or is there? Am I missing something? Yeah, I don't overcomplicate it though. Like I said, I'll just put it. It does not do that at this particular time. But I, for me, in my purpose, I, I don't need it to. Do, I want things to be simpler. Right. I don't want to sit there and try to sync everything up because then if technology fails, I'm kind of dependent on it. So yeah, it's in there. It's a great task manager. And a lot of times, doing it the way that I'm doing, as far as taking the task from Todoist, or if I just happen to write it down on a piece of paper, or whatever, when I'm doing my review for the night. I'll go in there and it really is like a five, 10 minute review. I'll go into that block that I have for whatever particular task that that is. And I'll just put it in the notes and I'll just, I'll just type it the things that I want to get done and, and do it that way to, to keep a, keep track of what I have going on. You know, my favorite part of Todoist, I got to be honest with you, my absolute favorite part. Checking it off. Yes, sir. I love that <laughs> part. Good, that, that, yes. I just, that just gets me all tickled pink. I'm like, Ooh, that's done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a delicate balance with, having too much stuff in there versus um, because then it kind of grinds on you. You feel like you got to get all this stuff done, but if it's not aligned with what your one thing is, it can be a trap. 
So I, I really try not to block too many things out on to-do list that I'm not going to get done within the next couple of weeks. I I just see, let, okay. I'll let it go. That, that way it just takes up less mental space. I just don't have the, a lot of capacity for the, the, the outliers and stuff that's just hanging out endlessly, you know? See, that's my problem with, with the, the app. I've got everything I've ever wanted to do in the last six months or in the, probably the rest of my life probably went right into to-do yeah. list. So you're right. I look at there now. I'm like, oh, God, it's overwhelming. <laughs> oh, it is overwhelming. Yeah. So I've been experimenting with different uh, – it's, it's kind of, it sounds kind of silly, but just – changing the way that I think about those things and, and taking them out of Todoist and putting those more into like an Evernote reference file. Okay. So it's just, there's things available that come into our life. And then, but it's just reference. If I ever wanted to go back to it at some point in my life, then I, I know where to find it, but it's not something that I necessarily need to do. So translating it from more of a task to more of a, well, where do I need to go again? If I ever want to find information on, I don't know um, how to change spark plug on my engine or something, right. you know, I just, whatever it might be. So they just, and that's, that's tricky is where, where's that balance of, of not overwhelming yourself. One little hack I found for Todoist is when I'm out doing my walks in the morning, mm-hmm. I have my cell phone with me and I'll walk by a, a, a crappy house or whatever. I, I discover some opportunity. I'll go ahead and, and pop in a Todoist and then I can assign it to my VA to go yeah. ahead and do due diligence in this property and tell me what the story is with it. I and mean, that to her, that means pull public records, run through the scenario, tell me what everything I need to know about it so that she will then upload that information. Uh, and then I can look at that as a, as a picture and say, okay, well, that's nothing I'm interested in. I just go on to the next thing, but at least it gives me that it's, it's that, that task manager, like you called it the task manager that right. says, okay, this is done. And more importantly, I can assign it to somebody on my team. Now, investors, you guys are listening this is where I'm talking about, about the team. You, for a very small amount of money, you can hook up with a VA, and this could even be your partner, your wife, your friend, whoever, your, your kid, your daughter, your, your son, somebody that you've got in the program that you can help, that's helping you. You can assign these tasks to them to take some of the stuff off your plate. And it is a process, Nick. I'm sure it is being able to. I know you delegate work. You've got assistance, a couple different assistants going on. Sure do. Um, and I know we're running out of time here in this episode. We've only got a few minutes left, but can you just briefly touch on that uh, with the assistance part? Is that something that maybe we could talk about another episode or what do you think? Oh, well, yeah, with the assistance, it's a matter of, okay, what, what am I doing? How am I spending my time? And we, I very briefly touched on just tracking your time. But one of the processes that I use when I'm working with clients is that we don't know exactly how much time we're spending on certain things. So I have them track it for a few weeks and then we look at the information and then look at the data we have a baseline and then we start thinking, okay, well, what are, what are these different things? What are the biggest time sucks out of everything you're doing each day? What are the biggest time sucks? And then you start asking the question, okay, is this the best use of my time? Is this aligned with, with my one thing? Not to keep going back to that, but, um, and once you identify those big time sucks, then you ask the questions, okay, what can I defer? What can I delegate? And then what can I just absolutely delete, get rid of? And with the delegation part, one of the biggest benefits is, if that's a big time suck type thing that you don't enjoy doing, it's just a, it's a drag, you know, it's just like pulling teeth, then processing it out. So just basically it can be as easy as a checklist or a step one, step two, step three type thing and working your way through th- thinking about exactly what you're doing for that particular task and then asking the question, if somebody held a gun to my head and I had to turn this over to somebody else, what would they need to know to be able to train them? And one of the coolest things with processes is that you can look at it now. You have it in front of you, and you can ask you, you can ask yourself the question of how can I make this better, or you can give it to somebody else and say, hey, "Look, these are my steps. Do you have any idea how I could 
how I can get rid of you know step twenty five. It just seems like it's a little excessive, okay. and, and, and yeah. just getting getting a, a different point of view. And once I have that process lined out, I figure out what steps can I turn over to somebody else, like my VA. A podcast is a great example. Do I really need to be doing the show notes? Right. You know what? What part of those show notes do I do I need to do it myself? The content portion of it uh, would be the answer. My answer to that particular question. I'll write my description and I'll write and I'll do a little blog post for every single episode. Uh, I need to write that. Other than that, I can have my VA pull in pictures, creating links, um, doing the timestamps, all the different things, and uploading the uploading the episode to SoundCloud and all the different steps that come. But I wouldn't have been able to figure that out had I not said, okay, well, what's the first thing I do with my podcast? Well, I got to figure out who won't, what guest I want on it. Or, well, even before that, I got to figure out what my topic is, right. you know, and just kind of going through that topic. Okay. Do I need to have a guest or am I going to do an audio blog? Like answering all those questions and processing out. And then once you figure out exactly what steps can be delegated to somebody else, then you get the VA, not before. <laughs> That's, but sometimes it takes a productivity coach to kind of walk through that process too. So it's, don't beat yourself up if you're not able to do it. So lining it out. That's cool. So before yeah. I wrap up now, guys, I'm going to bring Nick back on a couple different episodes and we're going to talk about specific topics that directly relate to things that you can do as real estate investors to be hyper productive. I can teach you the steps on how to be successful, things that you need to, I can teach you the education portion of it. The, this is how you amortize a mortgage. This is what a, uh, how to structure a deal or how to negotiate this or how to negotiate that. But Nick is going to be gracious enough to help us really drill down and to build a real estate investing machine. For that to happen, I think you guys need to spend some time on Nick's website. Maybe go to his Facebook group. Join his group, if, if uh, Nick, if you're game for that. How do they find you on Facebook? What's the most productive way to get your, your Facebook group? Yeah, my Facebook group is called Productive on Purpose. We we call it POP, and um, affectionately call everybody in my group the Poppers. And so I'm Snap, as I think you announced my name when I first got on. So we got Snap, we got Pop, and I'm still looking for that crackle, but it's uh, it's a kind of coming full circle now. Well, they say uh, I got the crackly voice. Maybe I could be crackle. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, so look for Productive on Purpose. Okay, okay cool. That group. And guys, I'm going to make a, uh, a pretty link for the website. So if you go to cashflowguys.com forward slash snappy, cashflowguys.com forward slash snappy, S-N-A-P-P-Y, we'll probably, uh, Nick, link that over to your main website. If people want to know more about you and learn more about what you're doing and what's available and, and whatnot coming up, then that would be a great way for them to reach out to you. Folks, as always, if you are getting, if you're stuck, you're not sure what to do next, you just need some help, you need to kick in the short pants, you need to have somebody to pull you off that couch and get you out there going to work, you need a 30-minute consultation, something that's just out there holding you back, then it's time to go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler, cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Nick here is, all, is part of my Facebook group cashflowguys.com forward slash group that takes you over to the cashflow guys community on facebook great place to ask questions you get lots of engagement i've got industry professionals from all different industries in there asking answering questions that you may have those of you that are ready to take the steps to go to the next level nick and i are going to be co-sponsoring a group coaching session coming up probably towards the end of october this is going to be a rock solid you are going to succeed or we're going to kill you type scenario because I'm bringing Nick in to make sure that you people are productive. We are going to make sure to capitalize on the time that you have. You're not going to have any excuses in this group. That's why I'm bringing Nick in. He is going to help us get there. 
If that interests you, then reach out to me via email, uh, or I will have a link coming up in future episodes, and I may have something going into the show notes. So take a look at the show notes on this episode, and I'll put a link in there for that where we'll start taking uh, appointments of people that want to have a conversation and start talking about that group coaching session. Of course, private coaching is available. Uh, Go into cashflowguys.com forward slash coach, cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. And as always, get out there, learn to earn, and take some massive action, and we will see you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.